Stevenson to the outside. They score! From the left wing circle, Jack Eichel makes it 2-0 Vegas. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Carlson for Stone in front. He scores! Five two nights. Mark Stone, two goals, one assist, three points. From the Findlay Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at lbsportsnetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Got a lot of get to in the hour number two of the VGK Insider Show, so put those sticks down as we drop the puck. Darren Millard, Ryan Wallace, and Chris Chapman here in the Fox Sports Las Vegas studio. We have to bring you some palmery sound as he looks forward to the Stanley Cup final. The head coach of the Florida Panthers and uh, he's an entertaining lesson. Uh, we won't play the whole thing, but we'll bring you the uh, front half of his media conference. We'll also dive over to Sydney National Arena for the latest from Bruce Cassie. No practice today. Mm-hmm. So it's back-to-back days off for the team. They'll get back at it tomorrow. I can't wait to see everybody out. At City National Arena for practice over the next couple of days. And then we have media day. So just some some housekeeping. Uh, tomorrow we're going to bring you a couple of uh, different looks. Um, uh, we got to get Todd Pollock on. Mm. Ticketing guy. Yep. Ticketing yep. guy. Uh, so if you're looking for a ticket to the Stanley Cup final, tomorrow we'll get Todd on to let you know about how to get tickets, what path to go down, uh, when there's going to be some inventory released, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, on Friday is Media Day. Uh, mm-hmm. Media Day in the Stanley Cup Final will take place at T-Mobile Arena. You have to be a media member to get in, so you can't just show up and, and have some fun with that. But we are going to staff it. Uh, we're going to do a stream on Golden Knights' uh, social media channels, and uh, the three of us are going to be staffing it, and we'll bring you all the sound and anticipation of the players on Friday's show, mm-hmm. uh, and we'll also get some Florida Panther content in yeah. there just to yeah. try and balance it out a little bit. So that's what's coming up over the next uh, couple of days, including uh, this hour on the VGK Insider Show. Before we get to Paul and Bruce, let's break down this series. Okay. All right? Mm-hmm. And thank you uh, for your suggestions on different category ideas on how to successfully and uniquely size up this Stanley Cup final. Let's start with the traditional. Mm-hmm. And we'll go goalies first. Who has the edge in goal? Oh, man. I You know, like, okay. Each category gets three checks. One from me, one from Wallace, and one from Chapman. As, as awesome a story as Aiden Hill has been so far for the Golden Knights, I, I don't know how you can look at this and not say that a two-time Vesna winner who has recaptured his game, who has been phenomenal, is on a great run, um, is not necessarily going to to get the edge here. And I think John Shannon said it best in that Sergei Bobrovsky is an excellent goaltender, a great goaltender behind a, a pretty good, okay defense. Whereas I look at Aiden Hill, a really good goaltender in, in behind a, a phenomenal defense in the Vegas Golden Knights. So I'm giving the edge to the Florida Panthers. Chapman. I, I think... Bobrovsky is a better goalie, but I don't think it's going to make a difference in the series. Like, I I don't see that as a distinct edge for Florida. I see the matchup between the two of them. I'm like, all right, well, I'd be lying to myself if I said Bobrovsky wasn't a better goalie. But I wonder about the, the, the 10 days off. And I know Paul Maurice addresses that. It's something I think about, I wonder about. And 
I, I also look at the fact that I, I think the Carolina Hurricanes, they didn't take advantage of their opportunities against him. Sure, he played great, but they kind of stung themselves a little bit as well. So like I said, I don't think the advantage is going to make a difference in the series. I think there's other factors that will come into play, but Bobrovsky's the better goalie. Did you answer that? Yeah. <laughs> hedging. That's not hedging. Total hedging. I don't think it's going to be a factor. You have to you have to go one way or the I other. Did. I'm not I, giving I, out I, half points for I, this. I said Bobrovsky's the better goalie. I get, I, I, I get your point. Right. Bobrovsky's better. But I don't think it's I don't think it's some huge But you don't think goaltending is going to be the story in the series. No, I don't. Okay, which side am I putting the check mark on? It's Bobrovsky. It's Bobrovsky, Florida. Florida. Okay. All right. I think uh Aiden Hill, if he can keep that even like Vegas was trying to do against Edmonton with mm-hmm. the power play, how we mm-hmm. broke that down, and and the ratio that we gave there. This one has to be a lot closer, the ratio. But if Aiden Hill can match Bobrovsky, that would be a win mm-hmm. in this series. And that uh, that is just the flat out honest yeah. answer to that. Uh, it's no disrespect to Aiden Hill. Sergei Bobrovsky's got a couple of big trophies for best goaltender in the National Hockey League in his trophy case. And he's on, statistically, the greatest run in playoff history. Yeah. With what he's done with all the uh, the fancy stats. All right, three checks for the Florida Panthers there. Uh, on the blue line. Yeah, it's Vegas. I think the Vegas Golden Knights have a deeper blue line. I think they have a more mobile blue line. I think they have a faster blue line. Um, I love everything about the way the Golden Knights defend. So I'm 100% putting the check mark with the Vegas Golden Knights. They're just better defensively. Chapman? I give it to Vegas as well. Okay. That's good. I'm, uh, all three <laughs> for Vegas. We can, we can just speed up that process. <laughs> Vegas got the best defense, arguably, yeah. in the National Hockey League. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, this just because we're down to two teams mm-hmm. doesn't mean we we can uh, try to find different storylines to why Florida might be able to match up. I love Ekblad. I, I love what uh, what he's done. Uh, uh, Stahl uh, do, doing this late in his career. They, they've got some nice stories. Vegas, they're, they're top six. Mm-hmm. Bruce told me today. It's like... We we could play White Cloud and Hague against anybody. Yeah, the other guys might not like it because <laughs> they because they they want to play the, the top four, mm-hmm. but they, they're comfortable with it. Uh, what about forwards? As a collection, man, I, I mean, it's really hard to ignore what Matthew Kachuk what Matthew Kachuk has done in the regular season and now in the postseason. Um, but as a collection, one through twelve, I'm giving the edge to the Golden Knights. I think they're a deeper collection of forwards. I don't know that, you know, when you look at the, the individual numbers, it, it's it skews Florida's direction, but it's not. Be, but that's because it's not as spread out. You get contributions from everywhere when it comes to this Golden Knights team. I'm going Vegas. Chapman. I think the top six are a wash, but when I factor in all 12, Vegas's depth, I know we, we kind of joked about that a little bit, but from 1 to 12, Vegas is better. Okay. I, I will give one vote to... Florida on that, mm. just because I think it deserves it. I'm, I'm playing off you guys here, yeah. uh, a little bit, but I don't think it's a three zip siding. Uh, so I'll, I'll just, for the sake of argument, so you're being contrarian, a, a little bit, okay, a, a little I, like, bit. Top end skill, I I think it's I think you're probably right there. I just think collection, if we're looking at mm-hmm. it as a, as, a, as a straight collection, totally of fair. All the all the sum of the parts. I, I think it's Vegas. Uh, what about special teams? I know you said you don't think it's going to be a factor, but I a, a big. It might. It, 
It might be a bigger factor mm. because one or two goals yeah. from the special teams could be huge, or one or two stops on, on special teams could be really close. Now, I'll give you the power play numbers. Yeah. Florida's all knocking on 30% for the playoffs. Okay. And Vegas is 18%, knocking on 20 So it's another series where the other team has the edge on power play. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm going to give it to the Florida Panthers. And the reason being is obviously the percentage is where it is, but this Florida team has scored some big moment power play goals. It's been timely. It's been power play goals that have kind of propelled them to either push back in the series against Boston or, you know, outright find ways to win with 4.6 seconds left in the Eastern Conference final. So like they've been timely. The percentage is there. Um, I think the edge has to go to the Florida Panthers. Okay, that uh, I'm just going to give you an opportunity to rethink it. Okay. And I'm, I'm not telling you. Yeah. But I, I wanted to bring up the penalty kill because it all falls under the same umbrella. Fair. Vegas right now, 14th ranked penalty kill in, in the playoffs, but they ran into the buzzsaw of Winnipeg and, and Edmonton. Mm-hmm. That's, it, it skews it, right? Yeah. Florida is 13th. Now, they ran up against Boston, mm-hmm. Toronto, held Carolina in check, but they ran up against some good teams too. So penalty kill is 71% for, they had, they're they slightly ahead to 63 for Vegas. Both teams can kill penalties. Mm-hmm. Those numbers are outliers. So I just want to, I'll give you a chance to walk it back. I'm not saying you should. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I will be mature in this. <laughs> um, I'm not, I'm not going to walk it back. Yeah. I'm not. I I think for for this series in particular, the Golden Knights have to outproduce and be better than Florida on special teams. Um, they're going to be the ones looking for a wash. So I, I'm giving the edge to the Florida Panthers. Chavin, I think like you mentioned, the, the the numbers are a little bit skewed. And what I think about for Vegas is the kill. And sure, the numbers may not be great, but it's the tie. And some of the bigger kills that they've had, like that five-minute power play against Edmonton, I think about that. They got out of that with only giving yeah. up one goal. Change the series. You know, and and they 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 were certainly pretty good when they needed to be against Dallas. I know they scored a game winner on on in overtime on the power play, but I think where where I give the edge to Florida is I think Matthew Kachuk and Sasha Barkov are difference makers. I think they get to the front of the of of of, of the net. Neither one of them are so you're afraid. Going Florida? I'm going to go Florida. Okay. Yeah, I'm going Vegas because of what I've seen on the power play lately. Mm-hmm. I've been really, really impressed with finding their rhythm, and and I think that they they they're due to go on a run uh, on on the power play. And I'm encouraged by what I've seen. I don't dislike you where your where your head's at. I just want to see it over seven. And games. Matthew Kachuk, that's it's hard there because he's such a good uh, yeah, power play unreal. guy. Uh, to read us. Call them. <laughs> we'll get into some some different ones. There's four left. Chip factor. I I still think it's Vegas. I do. I I think from that perspective, um, the Golden Knights still have something to prove. And and even though the Florida Panthers have done some phenomenal work, and we kind of looked at it from all these different directions, which teams the Cinderella story like. 
Matthew Kachuk continues to say it. No one expected us to be in the playoffs, right? And and this, to me, feels like house money for Florida. You're there. Great. But for the Golden Knights, the expectation is that this ends with four more wins in a Stanley Cup. And I think that that is proof to the hockey world that they are who they said they were going to be going into this year. I think they've got the most to prove here. Chapman, your chip factor. Vegas. I think the the, the idea that they've come up short one step before this, once previously, and in the semifinals on a couple of other occasions, I think the urgency is there, but I also think the fact that people kind of have been dismissing them, you know, picking against them. They, 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 they certainly, a lot of fans around the league were shoveling dirt on their grave when they didn't make the playoffs last year. I think they're, I think they're angry. And I think, I think they've got the bigger chip. I think Florida's having fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In on, on a on a ride. I don't think that I know the uh comment by Walt Kachuk calling them soft and they, they got them going, but I don't sense a chip on their shoulder. I no. think they're having fun yeah. with an opportunity. Enjoy. I, I think there's still a, a motivation there. So Does that kind of wear off after after the long layoff? Like do you kind of lose that? Maybe. Momentum. Yeah. I don't know whether it's momentum or uh routine. You're you're in a flow. I would say that. Yeah, it kind of a, breaks up the yeah, the what you're doing. I think they yeah. they were in a great rhythm. Hundred mm-hmm. uh, percent momentum. Who has momentum? Ooh. I think just based on the amount of time, you have to go Vegas. Yeah. Like if you believe in momentum from game to game, the Golden Knights had played the most recent game, and it was their best game of the playoffs. And you know, as as good as it was for the Florida Panthers to eliminate. Carolina in a sweep. I don't know that you look at game four as Florida's best game of the playoffs. So all that being said, I think if you give if you're looking at momentum, it's the goal. Because Florida's won five in a row. They have, but that that's gonna be six because they they (laughs) they got one with a double overtime or a quadruple overtime game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's gonna yeah, but that's that's (laughs) ten ten days ago, right? Like I I don't necessarily believe that momentum is gonna carry over from series to series. But if you're looking at it from that perspective, the Golden Knights played most recently, and the Golden Knights played a perfect game. Chapman, uh, be quick here. I'm going Vegas. I just look at the, the the last two teams you've beaten. You beat Connor McDavid, the probable Hart Trophy winner, and you beat your coach, your former coach, a guy who knocked you out of the playoffs a couple of years ago, and Joe Pavelski. I think momentum carries over for Vegas. I think it's on their side. I'll go uh, with Vegas, too, just because of the rust factor yeah. from Florida. I think both teams love their game. Uh, the response from Vegas, kind of, there, there was danger of being stalled there mm. in that Western Conference final. The type of game that they produced in Game Six erased all of that. Yep. Uh, final one: pressure. Who oh. faces the most pressure in this Stanley Cup final? I, I think it's Vegas. I, I it just is. Like again, this is what they've been building toward. And they've been front runners in terms of where they've finished in the regular season. They have been front runners or should have been front runners throughout the entirety of the postseason in the Western Conference. This is where they kind of expect to be based on what the season that they had. I think all the pressure is on the Golden Knights. Yeah, I'm with I'm with Ryan. It's on the Golden Knights. Look, when your owner says cup and six and you're now in year six, that's pressure. Mm-hmm. The pressure's there. And you're in the thing? Yes. You, you make yeah. it sound like they didn't win in year one to five. 
Well, they didn't win the cup. And the owner really happy. I like making Bill happy. I want to make Bill the happiest guy in the world. I'm, I'm with you on that one. <laughs> yeah, pressure would be would be Vegas. They they did expect to be part of Florida expected to be here, but being 17th in the National Hockey League regular season standings, being the lowest rated team, ranked team to make the playoffs, that erased. They've been, you could say they've been playing pressure hockey for a while since mm-hmm. January, but I think expectations to win the thing, yeah, uh, Vegas. I, I'm not going to count any ticks or check marks with that one. That was more fun. Uh, the overall total, 12 check marks for Vegas, five for Florida. That seems like a heavy advantage, heavier than I expected it to be. Huh. Surprise you? Not really. You're, no. you're, so how many games? So my, my, my sense going into this and I'm not going to bring out the hedge trimmers at all. I'm going to be very direct Vegas and five. Yep. Chapman. I'm with Ryan. I think Vegas and five too. I just don't think Florida is able to recapture what they had done previous to this. I think the layoff really, really is going to hurt them. There was a stat I saw on ESPN, I believe. Hmm. The team with the longer layoff going into the Stanley Cup final in the last 10 championship series is 1 and 9. That surprises me because that when you have a longer layoff, it implies that you've taken care of your business sure. going into the final mm-hmm. quicker, yeah. sooner, yeah. more effective. But 1 and 9, the team with the longer layoff shows you what rhythm and routine means and not losing that. It's, it's important. It it really is. And I don't know that that shocks me terribly. Like you want shorter. I I never expected something like that. One and nine. Uh, If you want to go four and six, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I get that. But one and nine, I think you want your shorter series earlier on and you want, as perfectly timed a break going into the final as you can get. And I think 10 days is too much for the, well, for the remember way, Vegas in 2018. Yeah. They, they had the longer for, layoff for the way the Florida Panthers were playing. I just, I, I think they probably would have liked it to go. Again I think it's more, more important if you're a team that has fought and clawed and, and was riding Fair. that wave yeah. uh, of underdog mentality. Mm-hmm. It was more important to keep it going. Yeah. They were, too, too effective. Uh, let's get to Bruce Cassidy from today at City National Arena. Uh, off day for the players. No practice for a second consecutive day. They'll get back to work tomorrow. Here's Bruce at the podium. Sir, your initial thoughts on Florida? Well, they've powered through the, the East. Uh, some really strong regular season teams. Boston, Toronto, Carolina, all excellent records. Um, so obviously we got our hands full. We know that Bobrovsky's found his his rhythm in there. And um, other than that, we'll dive into it a little more in the next few days. Uh, Find even further tendencies that hopefully we can um, exploit or or take away depending on the situation and looking forward to it. They've earned their way, we've earned our way. So, um, I said, looking forward to getting going. We'll use these three days or two days, whatever it is here, and and uh, rest up, and then, like I said, um, focus on a, a new opponent. 
30,000 feet. I mean, you saw it a lot when you're in the same division with that. They changed your team a ton, right? With with Maurice, with um, Chuck, right? To become more of a playoff team, right? Play better defensively, more, you know, more battle. Test their battle ready, I guess. I, one of the big differences style is is rush versus ozone and, and forecheck. How, how to create offense? We've always said there's you know there's there's transition game, there's the forecheck ozone play, and there's power play, right? So I think they've you know the power play doesn't usually change your approach, but the ozone versus transition does. And I've the biggest thing I've noticed is. The rush game used to kill you there. If you could shut that down, you'd probably be able to outwill them to get into the front of the net, different areas like that. And Tampa did that to them. And what they've done differently, I think, this year is they've tried to create offense from below the goal line, from getting pucks deep, as opposed to always off the rush. Now, whether that's accurate or not, that's just what I've seen. Um, and, and they've obviously done a really good job. But the numbers back that up. If you look at the analytics, how they're scoring, it definitely backs that up. Um, so that's what I've seen the difference from my time in the East and from this year. There's similarities. I think the coaches are, listen, I know they're, they've come up together. They're friends. You know what I mean? I think they, they have some um, agreement on how they want to play. It doesn't mean everything's exactly the same. I mean, they're both excellent coaches and they're their own guys that play. But there are similarities. So for us to transition right into that, could be a benefit. Um, on the other hand, it's another one where we got to dig in and be hard. And and you go, you do that every second night. It does take its toll. So are we going to be willing to battle through that? That'll be the question for us. And same for them. Are they going to be willing to battle through and get there? And that'll be answered shortly. Uh, Bruce Dan Kingerski, Vegas Hockey. Now, uh, I'm curious. I mean, this is your second bite at the Stanley Cup Final. Did you learn anything in that first time, or did you glean anything that you're going to translate uh, to this opportunity? Well, I hope I learned something. I'd be pretty much an idiot if I didn't. Um, which, actually, to, to get away from your question for to, to, for a second on that thought is. I wanted to actually apologize to, to Arizona. I made a comment after game five the other day, and, and it wasn't intended to be that way, and I brought them into this, and I should have never have. I reached out to Bill Armstrong, so I wanted to just, and, and John Ferguson, apologize for that. It was disrespectful. It was a dumb, dumb thing to say about puck management to bring in another team, and I, again, they play hard, had played as hard every night, so I wanted to put that out there. And um, getting back on track now to, Yes, you learn how to manage your time. You learn the ups and downs, the the, the demands of the final. Um, everybody's there, and it's it's outside influences as well as the hockey people as well. And I think those are the things you have to manage when you get to the final. And I think we do have an should use our advantage that we may have with Martinez and Petrangelo, Barbashev, Stevenson, Kessel, quick guys that have been there and know what it's about. So we have to make sure we tap into that. Uh, as for the on-ice game back then, you know, that whole that whole ride is fan. That's why we play. So you're learning to enjoy the moment, yet off days you're allowed to think of the big picture, what's at stake, but then get dialed into the details. And I think that's what I learned is use those days uh, appropriately to mentally refresh and, and you know, obviously you're getting your rest. No one really practices much this time of the year unless you're in between a series like now, but once it's going, so you have to use those off days to to get the guy's attention in the right place. And I think that's one of the things I definitely learned. We went seven games, didn't go our way. Um, so I learned that 
the last one, getting 16 wins isn't easy. 15 is not good enough. So that'll be the bit of the message as well. <clears throat> Are they the best team at getting to the front of the net that you've played in this playoffs? Well, I had, you know, I can better answer that obviously once we start playing them, but um, it's funny, Winnipeg was a long time ago, right? So you start thinking back, um, I suspect they, they, they probably will be. That's why they've advanced. That's, that'd be my guess, and that's how we're going to game plan it, that they will be the toughest uh, to box out and get under sticks. As I said, because they've changed their game, they've really bought into it and they've had success. When you have success at something, you're, you know, you're, you know, really going to go to it. So, again, as the series goes on, I'll be able to answer that better. But, um, you know, Edmonton was more of a rush with McDavid. How can you not be? It backs everyone off, power play. But they still got to the net when, when they were effective. Um, and, and Dallas was too here in, in games uh, – well, all the games. That was their game plan. They're good at it. We, we were able to manage it better um, early and late. And then um, we'll see with Florida. <clears throat> Bingo, it's Las Vegas Regional. Bruce, you mentioned you know the experience with the past cup winners you have. You obviously have six guys that went to the Stanley Cup final here in 2018. Where do you think that comes into play? Because they're a group that hasn't had many guys reach this. Well, you hope it works to our advantage. Um, you can't help but hear things from the other side. They all hear things from us, and they're enjoying their moment. We're seeing it on TV and, and different things, and good for them. They should. It's 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 tough to get there, and if you have a little downtime, you use that as you see fit. You know, I, and every team will do it differently. And um, they've got two teams in that market that are going to the final, so that there, there's a bit of that energy in their in their market. I've been there in Boston, where the Celtics and the Bruins are both there at the same time, and, and it's it's you know it's just. It's an enjoyable moment, and if you can manage your your work versus your, like I said, enjoying the moment, then that's that's a challenge. It'll be a challenge for us too. Here, our fans in Vegas are going to, you know, they're going to be behind us. There's going to be stuff going on, and um, at the end of the day, I'm not sure if I'm answering your question. It's it's to me, it's if you show up for work and you've prepared yourself to play to have success, then usually you do. And I think this team has put the work in since September in training camp. We changed some things, and it's showing now in the playoffs. And it showed the other night in Dallas. It's a, it was our best game of the playoffs, and it's a good time to have it. And so the work we've put in came through, and that's what I expect to happen in the finals for us. Uh, for them, then I can't really speak to, to how it's going to go for them. I'm sorry. I'm sure you talked about Jack a ton, uh, but I want to ask two questions. One, because I'm not here every day. Uh, I just want to make sure my read on him is is accurate. So obviously he's healthy. He had the end of last year to kind of get used to everything here. So full season, so he's comfortable. But he's also in a situation where obviously he's your leading scorer, but he doesn't have to be the guy every night, right? Like he's got a lot around him, which takes some pressure off. Is all that accurate? Anything you would add 100% accurate. If you look at game six, I don't think Jack, Stoney, and Stevie, were they on the score sheet? Right? And we win the game six nothing. Now, did they play well? Absolutely. Jack can drive the game in a lot of different ways. Um, he wins a key key draw in the D zone on the, the fourth goal, right? The, the, that, that's the backbreaker when Marcia so scores. But he, he wins a D zone draw against some Rupee Hints, I think it was, who's very good. So there's little things he does well every night. Uh, he was attacking the net, driving their D back. So Jack doesn't have to score for us to win, no. I mean, you look at our regular season point totals, uh, individual scoring, we, we don't have, you know, there's different guys out of the lineup. We found ways to win. So we need him to play well and help us win. There's just different ways we account for that other than on the score sheet. 
I don't get tired of the Jack conversation. Neither do I. And we still go back to it. It's his first Stanley Cup playoff year, mm-hmm. and he's going to the championship series. Yeah. And he hasn't had to carry the team. It hasn't been brought up, but I'll raise it now. I think the comfort level of him being at home in his own skin is so elevated because he's not the captain. Mm-hmm. Because he's able to just play. Yeah. And he's still a guy that we want to talk to all the time, but we don't talk to him like he's got to speak on behalf of the team. Mm-hmm. He he defaults to team all the time. Sure. But I, I do believe there's a correlation to how he's performed and grown to not having that captain C on his sweater. Yeah, I think that that's important. And, and the other aspect of it from Bruce Cassidy's perspective is there are all the little things that Jack can do inside of a game that can help a team win that isn't predicated on scoring a goal or being on the score sheet. And I think when you're the guy, you have to be on the score sheet and you've got to take care of all those other things. Right now in this moment, Jack is just doing what is necessary for this team to win hockey games. Sometimes that's a big goal. Sometimes it's a big assist. Other times it's winning faceoffs, back checking. And that's what he's been able to do. There's about five guys that could win the Conn Smythe for the Vegas Golden Knights. We'll yeah. get to it uh, tomorrow. Uh, we'll break down the favorites for playoff MVP. When we continue, one-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League, a couple of big decisions uh, personnel-wise on other franchises in the front office, and we'll let you listen to a little bit of uh, Florida Panthers head coach Paul Maurice as we continue in Fox Sports Las Vegas. Carlson left corner, centered, one-timer, score! It's time for one-timers. one-timers. A quick look at news and notes from around the National Hockey League, brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. Sneaking up on the start of the Stanley Cup Finals, some teams are getting news out of the way and a significant hiring by the Toronto Maple Leafs who have replaced Kyle Dubas as general manager with former Calgary Flame general manager Brad Tree Living. Mm-hmm. He was uh, nine years in Calgary, uh, made it past the uh, first round a couple of times, uh, had uh, a number of coaches. Some of them were out of his control. I'm thinking Bill Peters in that mm-hmm. regard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, but this is a well-respected hockey man uh, in Brad Trey Living. I think this is a really good hiring, and he's a buddy. Yeah, I I mean, you look at, you know, again, you, you kind of think about last year and the ability to bring in quality talent in the Matthew Kachuk trade, I, I think, is certainly something that you know needs to be on the forefront because with the Toronto Maple Leafs, you've got questions as to um, what the next iteration of Toronto looks like, whether or not Austin Matthews is going to sign there beyond his contract expiring. you got William Nylander. There are questions about what you need to do to get that team over the hump, but I think the the ability for, for Tree Living to kind of go through that process and making a big trade is is certainly something that I think you can uh, you can not expect him to do, but you you feel confident that if that if it comes to that, he can get you a good return. Here's why I think it works. Brett Trey Living is not a guy trying to fill out his ego. He's not trying to establish himself and make a name for himself. Not that other people are, but you're, you're mm-hmm. the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. There's a lot on that. There's a lot of pride factor that goes with that. Sure, yeah. He doesn't need any of that. He's uh, comes from an incredibly successful family. 
on the business side, and he's got a great track record in the National Hockey League. And he's not doing any of this except for to try and win, and he's a smart hockey guy. Mm-hmm. I, I think that the personal stuff is a major benefit to walking into a high-profile, high-pressure job like that. Andrew Burnett, Bruno, mm-hmm. is now the head coach of the Florida or the Nashville Predators. He was uh, hired one day after John Hines was fired. We told you that the uh, reports were out there yesterday. So, uh, Brunette, uh, the Devils' power play was 13th this uh, season. He had a very good Florida Panther team a year ago. Uh, took over from Joel Quenville in the early stages of that uh, team as the interim head coach. Uh, won the President's Trophy. Um, again, kind of it was an obvious one. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if Nashville hadn't hired Andrew Burnett, somebody else was going to hire Andrew Burnett. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that, you know, certainly the work that he did with Florida, uh, being an assistant in New Jersey and, and kind of the trajectory that that team was on this year, um, I think Andrew Burnett is, is ready to go. And I, I think it makes a lot of sense for the Nashville Predators. Spencer Carberry, former assistant coach with the Toronto Maple Leafs, has signed on as head coach of the Washington Capitals. Uh, a very uh, talked-about name in mm-hmm. hockey circles. We all thought he was going to get a job last summer. Uh, and Ron Francis signs on to remain the general manager of the Seattle Kraken through 2027. Yeah, good for Ron Francis. Like uh, it, it's it's a plan, and I think that you know what the Kraken were able to do this year gives a lot of uh, a lot of proof of concept to the plan. Now let's get into the Stanley Cup final, and we heard from Bruce Cassidy uh, earlier. Here is his counterpart in this championship series, Paul Maurice. Yeah, there's an excitement now, and uh, and they're looking forward to get on the road, just get it going. It's kind of been here a while, and but the ice was good today and two days ago. We've uh, they're they're enthusiastic about being out there. Lots of jump. Yeah, just a couple quick ones first. Uh, What do you remember? Because that was, I believe you were with Hartford at the time. What do you remember about the 96 uh, Panthers? Just, you know, it's probably just to see. So here's, in 96, right, you don't get anywhere near the video that you get now. You don't, like, like you were getting Jumbotron feeds on VHS tapes. It's the truth, and you'd get the Panther on there more than you would the face-offs, right? So you didn't get a lot of video uh, in Hartford from Florida. Um, but the stories, right, and, and um, kind of the generations from Roger Nielsen to Doug McLean, um, yeah, there was the concern over the trap. It was a horrible thing. It was the scourge of the game. Uh, it just come in. They didn't say much about it when Jersey won the cup the year before, but it was awful that Florida ran it on them. Um, and then Uwe Krupp's overtime goal. Remember that? And, and then the rest of it I get from Sylvain Lafave. So there's more of a Colorado perspective on that. And as a follow-up, um, you know, Barkoff is kind of a quiet leader. Um, when, how in, in, in your mind over the years, has the relationship between coach and captain changed? Because captains are so different. Some guys are yep. very vocal, some guys are laid back. And, and so as a coach, what do you look for in a captain? Uh, a person that you can talk about the game and a person who has an understanding of his room. 
So when you go to him and ask, how are you guys feeling? Where's it, where, where, where are your bodies at? That he, he is relatable enough to the people in the room and he's connected enough that he can tell you what's going on in the room or what the game is. Also somebody that can describe the game to you, the players play, and their um, the feedback or information they get about what they're doing uh, on the ice, the acceptance of it, where they're at with it. That's really, really important, that part of the relationship. You can get him an honest conversation with a guy about where the team's at. He's very good at it. And he also has a different perspective. Like we've got three unique leaders there just by position on, on Ekblad. Uh, two guys that have been here a long time. We've also got we also got Patrick Hornquist, right? He was also an alternate captain here. So we get four guys there that all have a different perspective, but being able to access what they see on the ice. There are other players as well. Sam Reinhart would be a guy that if you want to find out what's going on in the game, you talk to Sam because he's got a really keen eye from the bench. So just that interaction, all of them um, – spend any time getting to a guy and tell him he's got to push himself harder because the team needs him too, right? Like these guys all are in the gym. They all work out. They all push hard in practice. They're all intense in practice. So I don't have any concerns with any of that. We've never really had a conversation about that. Was this, is this the last practice before you guys fly out? Yes, sir. Okay. You worked a lot on the power play. Um, obviously that was a turning point in the Carolina series. How, yep. how happy were you guys, were you that you guys were able to adjust because the first Game one, not great. Game two didn't start great, but then you get, what, three yep. game-winning goals off the power play? I felt that way in all three series, that it, there's a learning curve to styles of penalty kill. You know, in, in, the, in the regular season, I think you're so much focused on yourself because you're hitting a different team every night. So what you do is all you can almost control. Then you get into a playoff series and you can make adjustments. You got the video for sure, but but you get on the ice, then it's different. Very pleased with uh, with a major adjustment in the Boston series, then a major adjustment in the Carolina series because of completely different styles of kill, and we're able to find a way to score some goals. And and boy, you listen to that, mm-hmm. and a lot of the same things translate over to the Vegas Golden Knights. Talk of the captain and what goes into that. Mm-hmm. It's like. Bruce Cassidy talking to Mark Stone yeah. in that regard. Or the power play, the adjustments that Vegas had to make in this playoff, series to series, from Winnipeg to Dynamite Edmonton mm-hmm. to a little bit of a hybrid between Winnipeg and, and Edmonton in Dallas. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it, you know, Paul was talking specifically about the power play, but, you know, for the Golden Knights, I think you look at it from a penalty killer perspective, right, against the Oilers being a little bit more aggressive, trying to contend a little bit more, trying to – in a weird way, speed that up and how the confidence gained from the Golden Knights in in those games later on in the Edmonton series and how it kind of translated first three three games or so against Dallas. Um, it, it's huge. And, you know, we've heard Bruce Cassidy talk about it. You, you get into a playoff series and that's where the coaches really, really get to think their teeth into things that you think you can exploit about your opposition and you, that you don't really get to do over an 82-game season. Vegas did more line matching with Bruce Cassidy against Dallas mm-hmm. than we've seen in the other series. And that was McDavid and Dreisaitl. Yeah. But they, they really loved the Carlson against Hintz matchup. Mm-hmm. I wonder if we'll see the same type of thing uh, in this final with likes of Barkov. I do, like, who do you, who do you, who do you play him against? Do you play him against Barkov? Do you play him against uh, Kachuk? I don't know. <laughs> That's like the, the that's the question, dynamic, right? Chuck's dynamic, but Barkov can control the game. That's fair. Very, yeah. very much like Kopitar. 
Yeah. In that, in, yeah. In that no, regard. that's true. That's true. Very similar in being able to control the tempo of a game. Mm. McDavid pushes the tempo. Yeah. A player like Barkov or Kopitar own and set the tempo uh, of a game. Those are your one-timers. We'll get uh, catching up with Chap next on Fox Sports Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. Hi, Darren. Hi, Ryan. (laughs) So we've got the television. Hey, buddy. There we go. We've got the television on the studio. Obviously, no volume. But they've got this documentary on about American gladiators. Yeah. And I think it's a two-part series. I think part one was last night. Part two is tonight. But that was one of my favorite shows as a kid. Like, every Saturday morning... And then the best part was me and my brother, we would go out in the yard and we would try to set up things in our yard doing like the stunts and some of the some of the things that they would do in American mm-hmm. Gladiators. Yep. But they showed the 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 scene or, or the event where the two guys were on the pedestal and they would use the giant Q-tips to try to pound each other. And my immediate thought was Darren being pummeled. By Gary Lawless. I didn't get pummeled by the <laughs> jousting stick. <laughs> you did I got pummeled, pummeled by Gary's arms and body and fists. So it got me it got me he, thinking. He dropped he dropped the joust when we were supposed to joust. He dropped it and ran and tackled me. I think okay, if right. they win the cup revisionist history. We should set up a rematch. So Darren can try and weasel his way out of what happened. No chance. And Gary can pummel you again. No chance. I I, I think that's something that needs to happen. If it's a joust, and we follow the rules of the joust, I'm all for it. If it's him (laughs) dropping it and tackling me, I'm not competing with that. Got to be ready at all times. Yeah, keep your head up, man. I I can't win that. (laughs) Yes, you can. Why not? I cannot win that. Yes, you can. No, no. You you could fight dirty. it's, It's well within the rules. Shoot in for a single leg or double leg takedown. You're fine. Physically, he is bigger than me and would own me no, and did no, own no. me. It's leverage. That that sounds like an excuse. That's a fact. No, it's leverage. I've seen the video. Come on. I've seen the video. I, <laughs> oh, I fell out of the inflatable pit. Well, that's because you were running away. Can you tweet out the video? I don't I don't know where it is now. Who has who has the video? I'm sure I'm sure the video will surface at and some Gordon point. Gordon is a listener to the show so if, maybe if we you can... have the video of Gary Lawless owning Darren Millard just go ahead and tweet it at Ryan hockey guy I'll, I'll do the rest I think we all want to see that you've kind of hidden it away you're like I, I've not hit this. it I don't know where where it is. I I'll show it because yeah. I it, it's a total fraud of a fight <laughs> oh, okay all right no ba- based on what it was supposed to be you're in a bouncy castle yep. with Joe sticks mm-hmm. and it's supposed to be fun yeah Sounds like it was fun for one guy. Yeah, yeah. he, he <laughs> had fun. He had a blast. <laughs> yeah, because you didn't. Yeah, didn't mean it wasn't fun for somebody. But if you're going to joust, joust. I'm confident in that. Okay, I would have fun with that. So you, but I can't compete in. Did you wrestling? Did you win the joust contest? We never got a chance to joust. Oh, he dropped his and ran me over. <laughs> He steamrolled. Do you there guys were, remember it? You guys there were, saw there it. I wasn't any, there. I don't think there were any rules. Did you guys agree to the rules beforehand? It was assumed that we were jousting. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, you know what happens when you assume. Ah, there it is. <laughs> yeah, you get yours kicked. 
That's what happened. We've got the VGK Insider Show returning tomorrow and the media day on Friday on Fox Sports Las Vegas.